Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Elevate Your Running podcast with Sarah Manderscheid and Austin Myers. Today, we are talking about the mind and how powerful it is and how cool it is and also how it can tear you down. But the mind is trainable and this is part one of a part two episode where we talk about the mind Part two, we're bringing in a special guest to help us with this conversation because at the end of the day, we are all humans and we are all finding our flow and finding our groove and training our minds to be the strongest that it can be. But we all fall into this, the comparison trap, the imposter syndrome. I think it's always there. It's just a matter of how can you tame it? And when it does bubble to the surface, what do you do to say, not now, I have work to do. I have a training run. I have a race. I have an easy run. We also talk about being patient, giving yourself grace. And ultimately, it all comes down to gratitude. Elevated wins, those moments that you have where you get to be happy and satisfied with where you are right now because ultimately it's really about the journey to get to the destination so austin and i had a great conversation around this we hope you enjoy it we also are grateful for you we hope you have a wonderful holiday weekend and we'll see you next week Welcome to a new episode of the Elevate Your Running podcast. We thank you so much for joining us this week. You are here with your host, myself, Austin Myers, and my co-host, Sarah Manderscheid. Sarah, how are you this week? Hey, Austin. I'm doing great. Um, You introduced the episode so well, and it just makes me happy. So thank you for that. (laughs) I I appreciate it. The first few words I say every single time, I think they come out wrong, and then I just have to trust that they didn't and uh keep rolling with it so i'm glad that i'm glad that it sounds good from the listener's perspective would you like to kick us off with your elevated moment of the week yes um i would i have a few things going on um first is we are adding a fourth elevate coach to the team and it's really really exciting we are a team of females we have ali denise and now Amber. And Amber lives in Lyons, which is just outside of Boulder. She's been a longtime runner. Um, she's been a longtime running coach, but she's also a school principal. So she does this as her fulfillment to bring her joy and happiness. And she's an awesome person. I run with her quite a bit. And um, I'm just really excited to have her, her expertise, and um her knowledge and her energy as part of the coaching team. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun as we gear up for 2023 as a team of four and maybe beyond. But another elevated moment, um, you know, came from a workout that I had um, over the weekend. And it's really my first workout, I would say, gearing up for a half marathon. So I'm running the Houston half marathon on January 15th. And I ran the Chicago marathon on October 9th. It feels like forever ago, but it's only been six weeks. And so I've really taken that time to rest and recover very, you know, similar to what we talked about in last week's episode of base training and how you have those weeks after training for a hard race and executing a race, you have the the rest and recovery. And I have had a few workouts just going into a 10K And now this week is my first week of training for this half marathon. And it's going to go right into training for the Boston marathon. So that's going to look a little bit different than someone who's just, who is training for one race. I'm really training for two races and we're taking the next five months to train. And then you better believe after Boston, I am taking a lot of downtime um, because a five month training cycle is long and under Nell Rojas, it's like no joke. So my first week is going to be really exciting. I have a lot of, um, I have a really great workout on Wednesday. I have a really great long run and and workout next weekend, but the elevated moment, I feel like I'm really chatty today. 
we're recording at a different time. So maybe that's why. <laughs> My elevated moment is definitely is, um, is I executed a six by one K at half marathon pace. And she really wanted me within this five second window. And I'm sharing this story because it's an elevated moment, but we're also, I hope we can use it for uh, this week's episode topic. And um, and not only did I run where the pace she wanted, I actually ran over, but it was over in a sense of I was running maybe five to 10 seconds faster per 1K, but I also felt really good in it. I know what half marathon training should feel like, or I know what pacing should feel like for that. And it felt like that. And that was really exciting. One of my teammates commented, she's like, you're just getting faster, which is a really good feeling to have. And I know anyone who's been there can relate to that. And I don't want to gloat on that. I've had about two years where I felt like I wasn't getting faster. And that is a very frustrating place to be. And I think it's very natural as athletes. So I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to give away too much before we get into our episode topic. Um, But it made me the workout today or the workout over the weekend made me feel so good and so strong and really excited for this next uh, very small, I guess it's two months, eight weeks of training for the Houston half marathon. Um, So with that, Austin, would you like to share your elevated moment? Yeah, absolutely. Mine is training base as well. Um, and really just getting into the rhythm of long runs. You mentioned that we're recording at a different time. We're actually recording over the weekend. And so I did my long run today. And it's funny, I, I almost in my preparation or my running over the past few months um, ahead of the New York City Marathon, really struggled with the mental side of long runs. I think it just wasn't something that I was enjoying like I have in the past. And now with my new goal of, you know, training for the 100 mile race in February, understanding that long runs have to be the focus for that type of event. Um, Mm -hmm. And now, you know, really since the New York City Marathon, I've been able to string together some really quality long runs um, following that race. And it's feeling good. It's it's like a complete mindset shift, really, of like, I don't want to do this to now it is a day that I can look forward to a little bit more. Um, and it really just speaks to the importance of like understanding what the goal is, understanding the things that are going to move the needle towards that goal and making sure that the goal that you're working towards is something you truly want to do. And that's where I'm at right now with this race. Like I, I wasn't in the right mindset to really put in the effort for a solid training cycle ahead of the New York city marathon. But now for this ultra marathon, I'm excited about it. And because of that, I'm able to show up to runs, important training runs, like the long run, um, you know, ready to go. That's the best feeling, isn't it? When you are excited to train and excited to get out the door and it doesn't feel like something you have to do. It's something that you get to do and have a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it feels really good. You know, like you, sometimes when you look forward to things, you build them up a little bit more in your head than is comfortable. Um, and I think the long run is a really great example of that because we can build it up and build it up. And then when it's time to do it, you get a little bit nervous and there's certainly some nerves over like some of the runs that I'll be doing in the next few weeks and some of the training runs that I have to do over the next few months. But you know, that nervous energy is a really good thing to me. If you feel nervous energy, you're probably in a really great spot because it really just means that, you know, you can do it. It's just, you have to get out there and do it. You're almost so aware of what it takes to get the job done that it makes you a little bit nervous. But if you didn't think you could do it, you probably wouldn't even get nervous at all. You'd probably just assume that it's not going to happen. You're not going to get through it. There's some, there's more negative thoughts to it. The nervous energy to me can be a really positive thing. So if you feel that in your training, if you're working towards a goal, definitely embrace that. It's very powerful. Um, But like I said, we're recording over the weekend because if you're listening to this episode live or semi-live, pretty recent, it is leading into Thanksgiving week now. And that's a week of gratitude, which is something that we're going to hit on a little bit in this episode. But on that topic, we are grateful for Inside Tracker, who supports our podcast. Whether you run, ride, hike, or swim, you understand what it means to push harder 
reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker with your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real-time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash elevate your running. That's insidetracker.com forward slash elevate your running. I love it. From what I hear, a lot of people are using that code and that website, and that just makes my heart so happy knowing that our listeners are really taking that step forward and doing everything that they can do to show up in their strongest way possible. And as we approach a new year invitation to think about how you can do that, this is a side topic. This is not the topic for today. The topic for today, we are going into the mind. We are going into the mental strength. We are going into a lot of maybe the topics or the, yeah, the topics that you don't necessarily want to talk about or think about, but it is something that comes up quite a bit with every single athlete. And I want to caveat this by saying Austin and I have gone through all of this too. We are not, I think most runners actually go through the, a tough mental side of running. What does that look like? It's the comparison trap. It's the imposter syndrome and how we can create something positive out of those two mindset traps. Um, this is going to be part one too, um, as well. Part two is going to be in a few weeks with a sports psychiatrist who is going to, or a sports psychologist, who's going to um, come on and be our guest and um, share from his point of view, how we can set ourselves up for 2023. So that's something to not miss, but this is going to be part one. And this topic actually came up a few weeks ago um, because as a coach, um, I see and hear from a lot of athletes, right? And not just the athletes I coach, but really a lot of the people who listen to this podcast and a lot of people and athletes who follow me on social media. And there was this resounding cry for help um, over these last few weeks of, athletes feeling like they are less than and athletes feeling like they will never get to where they want to go and athletes feeling like they there is so much pressure on that end goal or a training run or a long run where they actually just start to shut down and that is not a good place to be i have been there <laughs> um and it's not a good place to be so austin and i wanted to have a conversation about this i hope it's a very we want it to be a very powerful conversation. Um, and I started out with my elevated moment or the second half of my elevated moment was about a training run that I did a six by one K at goal half marathon pace. And I got to actually run it a little bit stronger, staying within that heart rate zone that I wanted to stay in for goal pace. Um, and it was interesting that it happened the way it happened because I originally was planning to go to a track and Austin, you mentioned your elevated moment. Like you were really excited about your long run and like preparing for it and getting like mentally ready for it. So I was the same way this morning was actually my workout and I was prepping for it. I was visualizing the night before I was thinking about what the pace was going to feel like on the track. I was thinking about what I was going to bring to the track to have next to the one K mark. So I could like refuel with water and electrolytes, and then maybe bringing a gel or two, depending on how I was feeling. I always like to have more than less. And I got to the track this morning and it was snowy and it was icy. And I thought, oh no, 
Um, so I drove to a second track, one that has more sun, and it was the same thing. And I thought, oh my gosh, shoot, like, what am I going to do? I only have a certain amount of time to get this run in. Um, I had something that I wanted to do at um, later in the morning. And so I thought, I sure, surely I can't drive to Denver because that's always my like go to. It's like, I'm going to go somewhere that I know. And the light bulb went off and I ended up running on Marshall road. And I think anyone in the Boulder, Denver area has probably ran on this road or have heard of, heard of this road. Um, a lot of elite runners use this road. It's about a mile and a quarter to a mile and a half. And uh, Jonathan Lovett actually jokes that it's like your grandpa or grandma's like story. It's like um, it's uphill both ways. <laughs> it is kind of true. It is uphill both ways, but one side always feels a little bit faster. Anyways. Um, you know, I decided this is where you have to run because this is all the time you have. And the first thoughts that came into my mind were how many runs I did on this road last year where I was not able to hit pace and I felt awful and I wasn't even close to hitting like I did a lot of threshold runs on this um, on this route last year and how I couldn't hit pace. And I was thinking about the pace that I could hit and how awful I felt. And I pulled up to this road and I thought, you have to make this a win. Like you cannot go into this run feeling this way because that is what's going to manifest. So I went into it and flipped the script and talked to myself about how strong I am and how good I felt last week, even though I didn't, but like how good um, the pace felt at the end of that 10 K and how good I felt at Chicago and how good I've been feeling and, and relying on the wins and the strengths. And it might not be that you have something like that to lean on. It could be that you had this glimmer of feeling really strong in a last set of a workout or feeling really good on an easy run or negative splitting a long run or, getting out the door and lacing up your shoes, whatever that is for you, we're all going to be different. And that's the message for today. We are all different yet. We all on the mindset fall into the exact same thing. So long story short, I fell into this mental side of not feeling like I could do it, but then ultimately running way stronger, way faster, way just better in my opinion today. Um, so I share that story because does it fall into the comparison trap or does it fall into the imposter syndrome? Mm, maybe neither. Um, but it does show you that the mind is really powerful and it is something that we can really, it's train, it's trainable everyone. We can train ourselves to have a stronger mindset. So when the comparison trap comes up, when the imposter syndrome comes up, when we start doubting ourselves, we have the tools in our tool belt to really flip that around and make it a huge win. Is every day going to be like that? No, I know I'm going to have a run where maybe the negative thoughts come in a little bit stronger, but something that my coach said to me over the last week or so, she, it was something to the fact of, and I don't have my phone in front of me, so I can't read it ver verbatim, but it's, it goes something like when you start the, the more you talk to yourself in a positive way, the more it just falls into place and the more, and, and that's just what it is. And that's all you have. And there is no negative self-talk. And I thought that was really powerful. Like the more that we have that positive shift and that positive mindset, um, the better off we are. So it is definitely a trainable tool. Austin, do you want to jump in as I ramble on? Um, we can talk about comparison trap. We can talk about imposter syndrome. Yeah, no, I, I'm listening to you talk and I'm thinking my mind's going a lot of places. I, I had to kind of chuckle in the beginning there when you were talking about how you went to the track for your workout and there was snow covered on it because I remember that when we began working together towards the Buffalo Marathon, uh, the first thing that you programmed for me was just a two mile time trial to see where my fitness was at to kind of program the training moving forward. And I remember that morning, I remember being so excited about it to see what I could do for two miles. And I drove to the track. And this is when I was living in Colorado. 
and the track was absolutely covered in snow. So I ended up <laughs> having to do that time trial on the road, but that just made me laugh because now living in Texas, it's a completely different world. I mean, it's feeling like winter here actually, but certainly no snow is expected. But as you're talking um, and really just discussing where the mind goes around these workouts, especially, you know, when we care so much about what, what we're doing, right? What we're doing as far as running and the physical goals that we set for ourselves. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably fall into that category of people who really invest heavily into this part of your life and rightfully so. And with that comes pressure. Like you're going to put pressure yeah. on yourself. I know Sarah, you and I certainly do um, both in running and and in life. And, you know, one of my favorite sayings is that pressure is privilege. It is a privilege to feel pressure, whether it be, you know, externally from the people in your life. And it's also a privilege to put the pressure on yourself. Um, you know, growth is uncomfortable. Growing in any way, whether it be your mindset, whether it be your body, like think about the stress of a workout, maybe the workout that you did this morning, Sarah, like that is uncomfortable. And because it's uncomfortable, you grow from it. Your body adapts to the stress. It's the same thing with your mind. Like if we can train our minds, we have to understand that it's going to get uncomfortable. And it's just a, it's a different type of discomfort. I know for me, you know, it's a lot easier to deal with the physical discomfort than it is to deal with the mental side of things. And I think a lot of people probably go to that place where it's like, you know, life's getting stressful. Now I'm going to go run or now I'm going to go train. And it's a great way to handle life's stress. But, you know, at some point you do have to address the mental side and the mental side only. Like you have to understand what you're feeling. You have to understand that there's going to be negative self-talk that comes up naturally, but you have the ability to listen as opposed to just react because it's really easy to react to the negative feelings that happen in our minds, but to actually hear it and then think, oh, that's like a negative thought that I'm feeling right now. How can I turn this into a positive? And a lot of the times, like this is just an example, but you know, if I'm going to run a, a long run being a good example, and inevitably, a long run at some point is going to hurt. Most likely, it'll kind of go in and out of like, you're feeling good, and then it'll start to hurt. And that'll come and go throughout the run. It's a pretty normal thing for many runners to feel. And what I always find when it starts to hurt, and maybe I'm like, all right, I want to be done. I don't want to continue doing this. I don't want to run however many more miles. I think about all of the things that are going well in that moment. I think about how great it is that I can be running, that I'm not injured, that I feel good in any way that I do feel good, even if I don't feel great that day. There are always things that we can take a step back and look at and be grateful for. And that gratitude does shift the mindset. Does it mean that the world's going to be perfect and nothing bad's going to happen and there's going to be no negative emotion. Absolutely not. But that positive can shift your mindset even just ever so slightly that the next action that you can take can be a very powerful one. And it can completely shift your mindset to how do you look back on that moment? Like, was it a good run? Or was it a bad run? And does it even really matter how you label it like that's a good question to ask like yeah. i think it's really easy you know when you do something let's say five six days a week for running or training and it's like you're gonna call some runs good you're gonna call some runs bad but that's just a part of life and does it really matter like your, your body still receives the benefit from a bad run and a good run and it's still you know something to be grateful for that you got to get out there that day and do the activity that you ultimately love doing. So, you know, what I find with the mental side of things, at least that I'm learning, because, you know, as I'm looking at this list of things that we wanted to discuss today, I almost feel like I've, I've, you know, went up against every single one of these in the past five days, but that's just a normal 
feeling to have. Like we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle on a daily and weekly basis. It's not a matter of if you're going to struggle. It's a matter of how you're going to handle those moments of struggle and how you're going to shift your perspective to try to be stronger. Because there's been many moments in my life where I struggle and ultimately I ended up reflecting on those moments and think maybe I didn't handle that as well as I would have liked to. And when that happens, I vow to myself to in some way handle it better the next time. So on any of these topics, there's learning moments to be gained. There's ways to grow and there's ways to better handle that battle of what is conscious. What are you consciously aware of happening in your mind? And then what is unconscious and how can you take that maybe unconscious negative string of emotions and turn that into something that can be powerful for you. It's kind of like a light switch. You just have to turn that light switch on and try to keep it on by being grateful and having those positive thoughts. Yeah, I absolutely love that, Austin. And you have definitely made an impact on me on like my easy runs. You've mentioned a few times on the podcast, when you're out there for easy runs, like why rush it? You get to be out there. It's like the one, at least for me, it's like the only time I have alone and why rush it? Enjoy it. Run slow, run, run for joy. If you can, I know sometimes running slow doesn't always bring joy, but, um, but it's a good, it's a really good mindset to have. And I do want to get into this comparison trap, um, convo because, some examples that I've seen over the last few weeks, I've had the comparison trap of um, athletes reaching out to me and um, athletes reaching out to me, comparing my pace, my race pace to their paces and how that doesn't make them feel good. I've had athletes compare themselves actually to themselves. (laughs) Um, I usually will say like, oh, the only person you're competing with is yourself, but sometimes that's not a good thing either. So I've had athletes compare themselves to like younger versions of themselves. Maybe it was, you know, they're a master runner and they're looking back to when they ran in college or they're a mom and they're looking back to the paces that they ran before they had a family. Um, or before they had a stressful job or before life demands got to be where they are. And I think that's a really slippery slope when you start comparing yourself to others and to yourself, your younger self, the younger version of you. I think social media makes it incredibly easy to do that. Strava is first and foremost. And, you know, Strava everyone wants to have fast paces on Strava. So it looks like they're a fast runner. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel like they're a runner, which that's like, you know, anyone can be a runner, um, which we're going to get to. But um, Strava is such, it can be such a powerful tool. You can meet other athletes. You can see what other people are training for. You can give them the encouragement and the love when they do have a really great run long run workout, or maybe they have a, you know, kind of a rule of thirds, like a crappy run, right? We all have those. And, um, and just letting them know that you're there and having that community, that sense of community. But with that, there's, it's a double-edged sword with Strava, Instagram, um, Facebook, any of the social media channels, because there's that other side where I think it's very natural for us to think, but I want to be like them. I want to run like them. I want to be just as fast as them. I want to do everything that they're doing. I want to sign up for the races and, and run these races that they're doing, the distances, the travel component, whatever it is. And I think and know that it all really comes down to like, what do you want as an athlete? Who are you as an athlete? Um, Because I also know that a lot of times all of that stuff can come. Like you can run these races and you can travel for them. It's just a matter of priorities and what you want to do, but also giving yourself a big dose of grace and know like for the paces, you are where you are right now. 
And I am where I am right now. If you think that I'm like, well, I am happy with where I am right now, but I'm, if I'm not saying that this is it, I am always looking to be faster and to be happier and to be running stronger. I think stronger is the foundation because if you're running stronger, you're going to have the faster paces, the happiness, the joy that will kind of come together too. Um, we're always searching for that next PR or that next long run, that next distance. Everyone is in this an invitation to think about what you want to create. What is the next step for you? If you are running race pace, let's say it's a half marathon at nine minutes a mile. Congratulations. That is an amazing two hour half marathon. And it's only going to go up from there or down from there in terms of pace if you continue to work at it. I think that's the biggest thing is this immediate gratification or seeing on social media, this instant gratification. I have been running for 15 years. like, And I know people who have just started following me do not see that. They don't know that. They have no idea like where or how long I have been running to get to a place where I have the time, energy, and finances to really, I pour everything into it. And if you, you know, if that's some, if that's a place that you want to go, amazing, you can have that too. But it also takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of grace and gratitude, but it also just takes time. And I know that that's a really tough pill to swallow, I think, for all of us, because um, don't we want everything now? I know I want my sub three right now, but it's not happening anytime soon. And But if I continue to put my best step forward and continue to show up every day and have those you know, daily wins or those weekly wins at some point, I really hope that I have a, a good shot at, at getting it done. Um, but that comparison trap is real. We all fall into it and it's okay. Taking a step back, reevaluating where you are, where you want to go and what's in between that and how can you set yourself up for success to get there? Um, that's my, my invitation to everyone today. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, I was thinking back on a few conversations that I had actually this week on similar topics and, and really just how, you know, if you would have told me I would be where I'm at today, a year ago, I would have in a way thought like it was unbelievable. Like to say that I'm here now in many ways of my life, I I'd be thrilled and I am thrilled, but at the same time, it's very hard. And this is a, a positive thing when it's channeled correctly to settle wherever you're at, if you are driven and you want to continue to pursue things, because ultimately it's the pursuit that you're getting the yeah. enjoyment from. It's not the achievement. Like we, <clears throat> we fool ourselves into believing that it's the achievement, but you actually hear stories primarily of professional athletes where the stories come from when they achieve at the highest level, that's actually when they end up struggling the most shortly following that period because they almost feel like they'll never get back to that point and they also understand the amount of work that it took to get to that point i found a few quotes that i do want to share because i find them really interesting on this topic first one is albert einstein he said people love chopping wood in this activity one immediately sees results so if you're a runner and you expect to immediately see results it's not going to happen. This is a sport. <laughs> this is an activity of delayed gratification. You hear a lot about how running is so representative of life. And in many ways it is. And it is in that way that you have to be patient. You have to put in, in many cases, years of work to potentially get to what you feel like is your true like maximum capacity. It takes a lot of time. So if you want those immediate results, you can go chop wood, but running's not going to be the solution for that. But like I said earlier, it's not actually the results that you're seeking. The second quote is James Dean. He says, 
The gratification comes in the doing, not in the results. Find ways, and this is an activity that you can journal on, you can think about, you can call yourself out on it on a daily basis. How are you going to be gratified by the actions that you're taking on a daily basis? Not just the results, not the PR, not even the end of the week feeling of, did I get everything done that I wanted to get done in the week? Think about like on an hour by hour basis, what are you going to do that you're going to be happy with and grateful for? Like take it down to those little actions because that's ultimately like is that's what's going to get you to the bigger picture that you think provides the gratification. But really what you want is the process. You want to feel like you're making progress because you are making progress, but it takes action. It doesn't take fast forwarding to that end moment. You would never like if, if the listener can think about the main goal that you're working towards right now. If I told you that you can be there tomorrow by not doing anything else, like finish your day today, finish listening to this podcast and you achieve that goal. Ask yourself if that's what you would really want. I would assume that it's not what you really want. And I've always believed too, that we sign up for these races. Let's just use the analogy of us as runners. We sign up for races, not because of race day. I do believe that we sign up for these races because we want to train for that race. We want to pursue race day. We want to have race day as the North star that we're working towards. But if you could sign up for a race, fast forward through all of the training and be at race day, we don't want that. That's not who we are as runners because we're seeking a gratification that can only be found in the present moment. So embrace that. And that's really, you know, communicating it back to comparison you don't want to be where someone else is at because you haven't experienced what they've experienced. You only want, and I know it's hard to understand this and feel this sometimes, but truly you'll only be gratified by the things that you work for. So identify what you want and work towards it because then you'll be gratified. Then you'll be happy with your effort and then you'll want to pursue even more. Yeah. And over the course of training, you'll have those wins, which will light that fire and it'll create this, drive to continue to train and see what you have and move the needle. And it's not always going to be linear, right? Training is not linear. Racing isn't linear. Um, but you can continue to move the needle forward in your own time and in your own way. I think it's really normal. I have a lot of athletes who start out and they think that they're going to get immediately faster in like two or three months. And it's like, no, I mean, you might a little bit, but especially when we're taking most of your runs at 80, you know, 80% of your runs at like easy effort, it's not going to feel that way. It usually takes an athlete like racing for the first time, right. With a new coach to like really feel it, or you might have like a really strong win on the track or on the road or on the trail. Um, but Austin's a hundred percent, right? Like that process is really what makes us, I think all come back to keep training. Like, uh, there have been many times I would say probably all races. <laughs> I love the training aspect. We've talked about this on the podcast and I love that, that pursuit of the goal, but when it's actually in front of me, I don't really care to do it. I do it. Um, but I'm not like race weekend or race day for me is like, it's kind of the icing on the, on the training cake, if you will. And I really love the training and I love setting those daily habits and getting out the door every day and, um, moving my body and running with others and seeing new places and running on new trails and all of that, everything that that comes, you know, with it. And it's a really great place to be. So if you find yourself comparing, you know, your training with someone else's know that that's totally normal. Everyone does it, but also invitation to look at, you know, where you want to go, how you can get there and really lean into it and find those daily habits and those joys and the things that will, um, 
move you forward, like Austin said. So um, getting into our next topic, <laughs> our next, um, the next feeling, the next mental, um, the next mental thing that we've been, you know, finding in a lot of athletes right now and seeing in a lot of athletes is the imposter syndrome. How many times do we feel like we don't belong at this race? We don't belong with this group of runners. We don't belong running at all. How many times have you felt that way? I think um, I've seen a lot of it over the last few weeks. And it's very, very sad because my experience, like if you run walk, you're a runner. If you're putting on running shoes, you're a runner. Everyone gets to be a runner. It doesn't mean that you have to race a certain way. It doesn't mean that you have to look a certain way. It doesn't mean that you have to wear certain things. Like as long as you have two shoes on or, you know, one shoe on, on each foot or two shoes on, like you're good to go. You don't need to have you know, even a smartwatch, you don't need to be listening to music. Like you get to really lean into what makes you happy with it and, and know that you are a runner. Um, I saw it a lot last weekend at the Lululemon 10 K and it was really, like I've mentioned, just really sad to see that. And, um, and know that you belong and everyone's going to look different. Everyone is going to have a different even running form. I know my running form is different. Um, I could definitely have more of a forward lean. I'm going to be the first one to admit that, but it's still working for me and it is a work in progress. Um, and, but I also know that, you know, I can have imposter syndrome around that or that I'm not as fast as I should be to be a running coach. There's that or the pressure of racing and needing to PR because I'm a coach. And, um, and those are thoughts that come through my mind that can definitely be more imposter syndrome of like, what am I doing out here racing? Um, when, you know, there's so much on the line and I don't, I don't know if I can do it today. I don't know if I can PR today. I don't know, right? Um, it's a really interesting place to be, but I think we've all been there. Yeah. Yeah, I've dealt with this one a lot in the past year, the idea of imposter syndrome. And yeah, um, you know, I think it's, there's two parts to imposter syndrome. There's the part where it's, you know, intrinsic thoughts, uh, feelings, self-talk, that's telling you that you aren't this thing, you can't be this thing, you don't fit in. And then the other part where you feel like someone might call you out for not deserving to be there. But, you know, and I'm not necessarily one to give advice on this, but what I've found is that if you just continue taking the steps forward, like first and foremost, you are meant to be wherever you are and you are meant to be wherever you're willing to grow and develop and be yourself. Like if you're being yourself and you're doing something that you enjoy or even that you're trying to figure out if you enjoy, like maybe you're just getting into running and you're like, I don't really know if I like this thing right now, but I'm going to try to figure it out and I'm going to put myself out there. That's extremely uncomfortable. We hear it a lot um like you know as we near 2023 and every new year you hear the stories of like how gyms get really busy because people are signing gym memberships and they're trying to get into their fitness with their resolutions and a lot of the talk around that is often negative but what i think is people are trying to figure out what best works for their lives they're trying to grow they're trying to develop and the running community is a very welcoming place for the reason of we all had to start somewhere. We all have felt like we might not belong or be good enough. Like this idea of imposter syndrome is universal for every single person that you interact with. It may not look like it from the outside. Someone may look like they have a lot of confidence, but there is always going to be self-doubt. There's always going to be negative self-talk. 
But the people who can overcome imposter syndrome are simply the people who can continue to take steps forward on a daily basis. And to find out that they do fit in because they allowed themselves to fit in. They allowed themselves to be a part of something that maybe they once weren't a part of, but ultimately they found they loved. And then you begin to identify with it. That's where I've come from with running is I always enjoyed running. And then I started to do it more often. And I signed up for a race. And there wasn't any specific moment where I said, okay, I'm now a runner. But it was just realizing that I want to do this thing. I enjoy this. It makes my life better. And when you can realize that something's just truly like nourishing your life, that's when you can more often than not overcome that imposter syndrome because you're really only worried about what it's doing for you and how your life is better as a result of doing that thing. And maybe as a result of identifying as a runner. So really look at what you're doing with your life and, and find what is making it better and try to, you know, just overcome those thoughts with little actions each day. They're going to be there. You mm -hmm. do have to recognize them at some point. It, it, it can be a very hard moment um, when you feel those emotions, but you can't overcome it through little actions. Yeah. And I feel like too, a lot of times all of these feelings come out of their fear-based feelings, right? We're scared. We're scared of something. We're scared, you know, we're going to get caught, you know, we're not who we say we are. We're not a real runner, but at the end of the day, you know, the running community is a great community. It's very supportive. It's very uplifting. It's very inclusive and inclusive for all. And we, I mean, we can definitely do better with that, but at the same time, I feel like it's a very welcoming and warm community. And that's a really good community to be part of too. Yeah. And, and overcoming that imposter syndrome, you know, going down kind of the list that we jotted out before this episode on just giving yourself grace, like in all of this, give yeah. yourself grace and understand that number one, you're not going to feel 100% physically every day. And because that's true, it also has to be true that you're not going to feel 100% mentally every day. Like you're going to struggle. There's going to be days that you feel like it's just a complete like net loss. Um, but you know, that's just, that's life. Like this too shall pass. Um, there's going to be hard moments, but those, those hard moments, when you continue to do what you feel is right and do what you feel like best serves you and, and your priorities, when you continue to work through that, that's where you really feel that like those peak moments are elevated because you know, like you were consciously aware of the struggles that you were dealing with. And then you look back and you realize you overcame those struggles. And when you start to stack those those feelings of like, I, I was able to conquer my struggle. It gives you confidence for the future again. And I think with time and with, you know, life experiences, you realize that there's going to be hard moments. I, I think about it a lot when I have a, let's just use, you know, a good run as an example. When I have a good run, or maybe I have like three good runs in a row, I'm like, okay, like there's going to be a day here soon that <laughs> doesn't feel so good. It's a give and take. Life's yeah. a give and take. And you have to give yourself grace in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and give yourself grace on the timeline too. And it's all going to fall into place the way it should. If you're continuing to show up and work hard and be consistent and running happy, you will get to where you're going. And, you know, there's always a thousand different ways to get to the same destination, right? So you're on your path and that's awesome. And that's great for you. Um, you also, you know, get to have a dose of, of being patient with that journey to get to the destination because everyone's is different. Um, I, I Boston qualified in my first, that's Kenzie saying hello and agreeing. <laughs> I Boston qualified in my first marathon and it's something, you know, I've shared on the podcast. It's not something, um, you know, I bring up 
too often unless there's like a lesson attached to it because you know when that was a very short journey for me and Austin you were talking about like how satisfying it is when you work towards a goal and right or wrong when I finished CIM and and knew I Boston qualified there was a very unsettling un gratification sort of like feeling attached to it I was like okay so what I trained three months and got this whoop de do I will say and I've said this before like the sub three is my BQ like I'm gonna continue to work on it and that's gonna be the most satisfying thing and with that comes a lot of patience because it's not coming as quickly as I hoped it would and marathon training takes a long time and you can only run a certain number of them a year if you want to do it right with your body. Um, so there's a lot of patience that we all get to have as athletes when it's pertaining to your goal and where you want to be, but time's going to pass anyways. Right. So we might as well, you know, show up, do the best that we can do and know that if we are working hard and we're giving ourselves grace and we're showing up and doing all the things you know, and being patient that you will find, you know, that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. Um, you know, patience, like I said earlier, if, if you could just fast forward to any moment in your life without taking the steps to get there, it, it just wouldn't feel right. That's not what this is meant to be. Like this is meant to be a journey in running and in life. And, you know, it's just a testament to like finding what is going to take time? Don't set goals for yourself that are easily achieved because you can't fool yourself. Like, you know, Sarah, your story there, like you set that goal and maybe you were confident going in, maybe you weren't so confident going in, but when you accomplish that goal, you realize that it didn't actually require too much of you in that moment. Like you put in the work, but you felt you, you knew there was more and you know, there's more. And it's okay to come to terms with that. Like that's an empowering feeling to know that you can push farther. You can put yourself in uncomfortable situations and overcome, and you can set goals that might span a very long length of time to accomplish. And that's okay. And that's actually the best way to do it. Set goals that are going to take a lot of time. I'm thinking about goals for 2023, but in the back of my mind, I'm also thinking ahead of that because it's kind of fun to look far down the road and think about the challenges that life are going to throw your way. Because, you know, when you set these running goals, you're not doing it in a vacuum. You're not only running. Yeah. You don't get to only train for those running goals. So how can we set goals and then also take life as it comes and embrace that aspect of it, that you get to show up in many other ways of your life and still accomplish these running goals and that it's not going to be easy And along the way, you're going to feel many of these things that we were talking about, but everyone else does. Everyone else feels very similar ways, both in their highest of highs and their lowest of lows. And it's really just a matter of, can you continue moving forward? Can you keep that North star in your vision? And can you continue to believe in yourself and, and ultimately get there one day? doesn't matter when, just one day. Yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, we can all have, we're all humans and we're all going through the same thing. And that's going to be something in a few weeks when we have our, you know, awesome guest on talking through the mind. We are, we all go through the exact same thing and he's going to say that. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're in the gratitude mindset of being grateful for where you are right now, knowing it's maybe not exactly where you want to go, but you are doing the best that you can do in each day to eventually get there, that's a really great place to be. And having that gratitude and finding those, you know, the elevated moments, the small wins, those are all tools that I use with athletes. And even in my day to day for myself, um, to find that gratitude and find the positive and find what is working right now and really lean into that. And, um, and it's a really powerful tool because when you can find the wins, and find the positive, it feels comforting in a way to know that you are doing what you want and should be doing. 
and you're taking that one next or that next step forward um, each and every day. I love that you mentioned elevated moments because when we started this podcast and we knew we were going to release it every single week, we said we want to have something that's like a weekly celebration, not because we feel like people are going to have PRs every single week or that they're going to have these, you know, momentous life moments that they want to share, but because we want people to be able to identify the little wins that they had and to understand that those little wins add up. And we share, certainly we share some of our bigger moments. Like when we have a big race that sometimes falls under our elevated moment, but I mean, 52 week year, I bet the majority of our elevated moments are just really small things. Like today, mine was a long run. Yours was a workout. And we don't really sit on that for too long. We celebrate it. We say that was a good moment. That's something I want to build off of. But I'm still looking for that next thing. We don't settle on it. We just use it as something like a springboard to move us forward yeah. and to be something that we can celebrate and rejoice in. Yeah, on to the next thing. And I would say too, and this happens a lot in, in training for me, if I have a bad workout or quote unquote bad, like a, a workout I can't execute or I feel terrible or whatever happens. And this happened during Chicago, probably happened more times than I shared. I would always tell now, like, it's okay. I forgot about it. I'm so excited about the next one. And I think that that's a great place to be too, of knowing you know, if you are in experiencing those times that just don't feel good and it's hard to find that gratitude, knowing that you are not your results. And if you take that, that step forward and that action, the momentum to keep moving forward, the springboard, you'll eventually find your flow, find your groove. You'll have the gratitude in the, in the wins, the elevated moments, which is something all Elevate athletes get to do on the weekly. And I don't take no for an answer. And some of my athletes know that. So it's a great practice if you're not already doing it um, to celebrate an elevated moment or a win for the week, for the day, for an hour, um, maybe in each area of your life, whatever that looks like for you. Um, it's a really powerful tool. And if you can write it down and maybe meditate on it for a few minutes, you'll be very surprised at what you can do and what you can create in the short and long term. One final note on this topic too. And Sarah, this is something that, you know, you, you kind of in a way get to practice as a run coach. But one thing that I've heard is, you know, when you're being hard on yourself and maybe when you're putting some undue, you know, criticism on yourself, consider how you would help a friend or Sarah, in your case, talk through a situation with an athlete who's going through the same thing that you are in that moment. Like we would often never say to someone else, probably some of the negative self-talk that, that we put ourselves through. Um, and that's something that's important to remember because, you know, we, tend to dwell on the lower moments for so long and never give ourselves rep reprieve from those things. And then like the, the wins, we just kind of shrug off, like we just move on. But really what happens when you're, you know, celebrating with a friend or you're talking through some harder moments with somebody is you encourage them to understand what happened and then to move on. And then when they have a win, they celebrate it. You celebrate with them. You encourage them to, to be happy about that moment of their lives. And that's important to remember when you're talking to yourself, because ultimately that's all you're having is you're having a dialogue with yourself. And when you can understand and appreciate that aspect of it, it allows you to better understand what is going to, you know, be something positive for you or is going to, you know, compound into just more negative. Absolutely. Some, some athletes definitely get tough love and then some, <laughs> you know, good advice. Um, and uh, I laugh because I had uh, a conversation with someone last week and I basically told this athlete that they needed to get in the car and start driving to get to their race because they were feeling anxious and nervous about it. 
and that that's what they needed to do in that moment. And then I would send some audio notes and some uh, videos and podcasts for them to listen to on the way to their race to help them flow through that. And then if they got there and they were still feeling the way that they were feeling, you know, before they left, you know, invitation to let's shift and pivot and maybe we don't do this, but um, so sometimes there's a little bit of tough love, but uh, you know, there's always love behind it and kindness and, and that's what we get to. That's also how we get to talk to ourselves for sure. So we really appreciate and love every single one of you who are supporting our podcast by listening to it and sharing it on social media and telling all your friends and your running community about it. We are so grateful for you, each and every one of you, and for the gift of running, gift of movement. Um, So we thank you for listening to this week's episode. Austin, where can our audience find you on social media? You can find me specifically on Instagram at austinmyers12. Great. And I am at Sarah runs happy and elevate your running on Instagram and Twitter. We love and appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Please rate, subscribe, do all the things that you can do to help us out in podcast land. And we will see you next week.